2: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I hope that you're having a wonderful day and thank you as always for joining me. As I say this, I feel like I say the exact same intro every time, but whatever. It's its a habit and I really don't know how else to introduce this episode. So there you have it. Anyhow, today we're talking about preserving your energy, withdrawing your energy from the things that are draining you and That you've identified on some level are not producing the outcomes that you want in your life, in your reality. And I've said this before in episodes, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's really important. And I would argue that at least from my perspective, we're not really taught to think of ourselves in this way. And we're not taught to see ourselves as really valuable resources that have the potential to really not only have impact on our own lives, but on the lives of others. So a precursor to this conversation, as always, is recognizing the power of your energy and attention. And if you're just starting to play around with, you know, maybe you've been using your energy and attention in a way that feels pretty consistent for most of your life, then maybe it's not as easy to understand That power. But when you start actually experimenting with it and seeing, oh, if I invest my energy in this way, this is what happens. You can start to become more and more aware of that power and you have an interest in kind of honing that power and doing what you can to remove your power source from things that are draining you and things that are You know, producing unpleasant experiences. So, you can think of this in a lot of different ways, not just with reality creation and manifestation. If you're tending to a garden, if you are growing a garden, your energy and attention helps that garden to grow and flourish. In a relationship, your energy and attention helps you to grow closer and stronger in that relationship. If you are writing a song, your energy and attention helps that song come into form, which can then be enjoyed by others. So there are so many powerful, beautiful things that we can do with our energy. And at least in my experience, I quite often forget that. So, you know, your energy is what turns the lights on, what fuels the reality creation process. Without your energy and attention, ideas can't come into form. And when I say this, I kind of think of that idea from elizabeth gilbert's book big magic where she essentially says that ideas aren't owned by anyone they're kind of part of a larger entity and they they come to us energy and creativity and inspiration and we're kind of a conduit to bring that into form and if we don't act on that, then it will just find someone else. And so if our energy is being completely consumed by anxiety and worry and fear and control, then we aren't as open to bringing in creativity, ideas, inspiration, joy, playfulness, fun. And a visual I like to use here is to think of myself as kind of plugged in to everything I'm giving my energy to. So Even the visual of having a cord coming out of your body and being plugged into something and kind of watching the energy flow out of your body. So in this episode, we'll start to explore what it is that you're plugged into and what you might want to withdraw from or even what you might want to plug into. So something else that you've identified that may be a better use of your energy. And you can even think of, you know, I gave some examples of some of the supportive ways that you could use your energy. But many of us are able to see this more so from the perspective of the not so enjoyable outcomes we may experience by investing our energy into something. And a lot of the times these are referred to as energy drainers. So for example, when I was really struggling a few years ago with panicking, panic, excuse me, and anxiety, I remember I used to literally be able to think myself into a panic attack. So, on numerous occasions, I would use my energy to play out the worst case scenario over and over again. And I would imagine it in such vividness to the point that my body couldn't tell the difference as to whether I was just imagining this worst case scenario or if it was just happening in my physical reality. Which, as you can imagine, really took a toll on my body and my mind and my emotional experience and having this experience this intense anxiety for around four years it actually taught me a lot about the power of energy and attention as I felt my whole life experience be almost constantly consumed by an unpleasant mix of emotions thoughts repetitive narratives physical sensations I felt completely out of control of my life as I watched myself feeding energy into mental habits like what I just said, playing out the worst case scenario. I would think people around me were constantly judging me. I would spend a lot of time ruminating on decisions, going back and forth, feeling confused, not knowing what to do with my life. And unfortunately, to mitigate this unpleasant experience I was having, I would try to balance things out with Alcohol, nicotine, partying, numbing, which of course, as you can imagine, only made the experience and the cycle worse. So one aspect of my experience was giving my energy away to a lot of the things that were fueling my anxiety and creating more tension and more fear and just overall a very unpleasant experience. So you have that on one side and then on the other side, because of that, I would be so drained and I wouldn't really have the energy for the things that I valued or to even consider what I did value to reflect on that and to consider what I wanted my life to look like because I was basically in survival mode and I have said this before that this type of reflection and this type of exercise talking about reality creation talking about manifestation talking about shifting your experience with money with Other aspects of your reality. These things are, of course, going to be challenging when we are operating from a space of survival mode. And this podcast will never tell you that that's your fault or that that is a self inflicted experience. In my case, there were quite a few shifts that I was able to make in order to get myself out of that place. And that's not true for everyone. And I want to recognize and appreciate that being able to have these conversations is a privileged experience. And although personally I've come a long way, I still have to be mindful of the at times intense gravitational pull of these old habits of worry and rumination and numbing and to recognize all of the more supportive ways that I could be using my energy. For me, this question of How I was using my energy and whether it was adding value to my life began first by identifying what I was plugged into and what I was giving my energy to wasn't creating the reality I wanted to experience. Simple as that. I'm not blaming myself for anything. I'm not wishing I could have spent my energy more wisely in the past. I'm not regretting the way I navigated my circumstances at the time. I'm simply coming to a decision point where I have the opportunity to unplug and withdraw my energy from the things that I've identified are either not supportive of my desired reality or I just don't want to be plugged into anymore. And we'll talk a little bit about what those things are, so the energy drainers, but I want to share a few things before we go any further. The first is that this isn't a shame-based exercise. Nothing I share on here will be, and... If you're noticing, for example, that you're giving away a lot of energy to something that I saw come up a lot in the responses to my sticker are scrolling. So let's say you notice that you're spending a lot of energy scrolling. You're going to come across enough out there that is going to make you feel bad about that habit. This is not that. It's my belief that, you know, shame isn't an effective way to move forward or move out of a habit. You don't need to kind of reject your current self in order to be able to move forward. And if there are things that I really want to withdraw my energy from, but that I'm addicted to on some level, which for me, an example of that is scrolling and social media. What I've experienced is that trying to shame myself out of that addiction just isn't helpful for me. And it may not be helpful for you either. It's okay if it takes time if you fall back into old habits, and if it doesn't happen immediately. The less meaning you give to these moments and the less you shame yourself about them, in my opinion, the better. Another thing to consider here is that ruminating on the ways you spent your energy in the past doesn't help you to use it any differently in the present. In fact, that rumination is a form of an energy drainer. And is you giving it away? So if you've already identified, hey, I gave my energy away to this thing in the past. I really didn't like that. I'm going to use my energy differently. Ruminating is continuing to feed yourself into that cycle. What does help is just making a different choice in the moment. It doesn't mean erasing your past and trying to pretend that it didn't happen. But the way that you frame or orient yourself to your past can remove some of the energy that you're draining to it. So what I like to do is just look at my past as data. Again, approaching this from the lens of the playful experimenter. I talked about this in a previous episode. You can look at your past and say, okay, I invested a lot of energy into X and here's what happened and how I felt maybe I'll see what it's like to withdraw that energy and put it into something else. That allows you to kind of pull the plug a little bit easier and just stop yourself from continuing to invest into that cycle of worry, rumination, anxiety, regret, guilt, etc. Another thing is that it's easy to feel like we have to fixate on and control every single way we spend our energy. Now, I'm not personally a believer that every single use of our energy has to be helpful or adding value. I think that can become overwhelming. I think that can become obsessive. So if, for example, we're wanting to get in shape, it's not just about the hours we spend exercising, but also the recovery. And another example when it comes to fitness or health is if we are so hyper aware and fixated and trying to control every single thing that we eat or drink or consume, that in and of itself can become imbalanced and can become unpleasant and can be a source of anxiety and stress. So when I first started thinking about how I was spending my energy, I fell into this trap of thinking that every waking minute had to be useful or productive in some way which meant that I wouldn't allow myself to do things like scroll or watch TV, which again, I know there's a lot out there about the bad sides of those habits. So to some, not scrolling at all or watching TV at all may sound like a good thing. But for me, I actually really value having those outlets. It brings me joy. It brings me comfort. And like anything, this exercise can tip too far to trying to control every single thing. And for me, that is counterproductive. For me, it's about simply being aware of the ways that I'm spending my energy, how that's making me feel, and knowing that I can play around with that and withdraw some of my energy when I need to or when I want to. It's not to say that scrolling and watching tv and access are going to be helpful for me but here and there allowing myself to have outlets and have things that I do that don't have an outcome attached to them that for me is important and so the intended outcome for me is simply to be aware of my energy drainers that don't add value try to do less of those and then also to be aware of the things that I can invest my energy into that do add value and try to do more of those. And then again, coming back to that playful experimenter or playful explorer, I sometimes like to call it, just playing around with my energy and seeing what happens, investing my energy here and seeing what happens, investing my energy there and seeing what happens, and not feeling like if I plug myself into the something, I'm completely stuck with that experience for the rest of my life. It can be a playful experience. It can be more of a fluid flowy experience where we recognize how many different things we could potentially invest our energy into and we could see what some of those feel like. Next I wanted to share that obviously if you are in the habit of investing your energy into something that you've identified as a drainer and you'd like to withdraw from, sometimes it's not As easy as just pulling the plug. Sometimes it is, and you may be actually surprised at how that simple awareness of the impact investing your energy in that thing is having on your reality can be enough to pull the plug. But in other cases, even with that awareness, it may be more difficult to unravel your energy from it. And while some of the things we'll be discussing today fall into the realm of addiction, one thing I've observed in myself. Is that sometimes when it comes to investing my energy into something I've identified as draining me, it's because on some level I feel like I need to be involved. I need to fix something. Without my energy and attention, the situation will crumble or won't resolve itself or something catastrophic will happen. And for me, I think that's rooted in a need to be in control and ultimately from a place of fear and anxiety. And I even felt that within my reality creation process. I felt like I needed to be in control of when things happen, how things happen. And I just noticed that not only was this unpleasant but it wasn't really creating the outcome that I had intended. And I actually did a full episode on this. If you find yourself resonating with this experience of feeling like you need to be involved and you need to add yourself to the mix or, you know, things won't work out in the way that you want them to, that episode is called Get Uninvolved. And basically we just discussed the importance of being able to withdraw your energy from that rumination cycle and trying to control the when and the how things unfold and manifest in your reality. Which also brings me to my next point, which is that sometimes there is fear involved and that's why we feel that we need to be in control. If I stop using my energy to worry about money all the time, something bad will happen. If I don't ruminate and consider every single possible outcome, something unexpected might catch me off guard. If I don't correct other people's perception of me, they may misunderstand me and I'll be excluded socially. This is another instance where simply pulling the plug on this sort of energy investment may feel unsafe or destabilizing. I know for me, when I was struggling with anxiety and overthinking and rumination, something that actually really helped me was to use this cognitive behavioral therapy technique called decatastrophizing. What this helped me to do was to actually play out the worst case scenario that I was ruminating on and consider whether that outcome was A, likely, B, something I could even control to begin with, and C, worth me completely being miserable in the present moment. When I did this exercise, it was like I realized what I was consumed by and constantly anxious about was actually quite... Simple and was actually something that I could manage. I think a lot of the time we build up these fears in our mind and we don't actually really get to the root of what we're actually afraid of. And the skills I learned when I was healing my anxiety, like I said, it was actually a very transformational period of my life because I learned to accept that part of being alive is that sometimes circumstances that we don't expect or desire manifest in our reality but I didn't want to spend my whole experience consumed by them preparing for them fearing them and trying to avoid them because I did that and it was extremely unpleasant and I also learned to create an internal sense of safety through things like inner child work and therapy and began to build trust and confidence in my ability to navigate difficult circumstances so I could spend less energy trying to prepare for and avoid them because I felt that even if they did play out, I was capable of navigating them. The exact decatastrophizing exercise I would use when I found myself draining energy to fear and anxiety was to first identify in the situation where I was feeling a lot of anxiety or panic was number one, what am I worried about? What is the scenario that I'm worried about? is going to happen. For me, interestingly, I didn't realize this until I actually asked myself that the panic and anxiety that I felt when I would be, for example, in a social environment was I, for some reason, I still don't really know why, I thought that I was going to faint or pass out. So just being able to identify, what are you actually afraid of right now? Like, What do you think is going to happen? Why do you feel this fear and anxiety? The second one is, how likely is that to happen what evidence do I have for this in my case interestingly that has never happened to me before I've never passed out in a social situation except for like maybe once when I was really little with one friend
0: United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: But I don't have a lot of evidence that this is going to happen in my life now. And then the third question is, even if that does happen, what's the worst case scenario? So taking it even a level further. So if I do pass out in the social environment, what is the worst case scenario? In my case, it was, okay, I'll feel embarrassed. Maybe I'll get hurt. And, but ultimately I think the main thing was that I would be embarrassed. I think I have a lot of anxiety or I had a lot of anxiety surrounding social exclusion and fear of embarrassment and then the fourth question would be if that happened so if you passed out you felt embarrassed maybe you hurt yourself would I be okay how would I get through it have I gotten through similar things before and in my case the answer is yes yes I've been embarrassed before social environments and I've gotten through it and I've been okay yes I've been hurt before in public and I've gotten through it and I've been okay and interestingly for me at least having this kind of scenario play out in my head actually helped me to withdraw a little bit of energy from it because I'm like oh okay like it won't be that bad I don't need to continue to try to plan and prepare for it and it's not to say that I did it once and then never again I continued to do this when I felt this fear and other fears come up, and that really helped me to withdraw my energy from it. Okay, and then the last thing that I want to share to consider here is when we feel ourselves giving away a lot of energy to something that we've identified is draining us or isn't supportive, we can ask ourselves, what am I missing out on here because I'm giving my energy to X, so fill in the blank, whatever that thing is. And again, this isn't coming from a place of shaming, it's just coming from a place of being able to recognize that there are always better places that we can use our energy and more supportive places, or even neutrality, just being able to feel stable and secure and neutral, for me, has also been very helpful. Okay, now I want to talk about some of my energy drainers. One of the biggest themes for the past couple of years is correcting other people's perception of me. So if someone has a certain idea about me that I on some level don't align with, trying to correct that, trying to Influence somebody else's idea or perception of me. I've come to the realization, especially being on social media, that in a lot of cases, you know, we do this to each other where we kind of decide what someone represents to us and there's not a great deal of flexibility in that. It is unfortunate, but I've just identified that in a lot of cases, it's really not worth my energy to try to correct, especially when the people aren't necessarily close to me or aren't going to make a substantial difference in my life whether or not they feel a certain way about me and I used to feel very unsafe that certain people would feel a certain type of way certain people would have certain perceptions of me that made me feel very uncomfortable and unsafe whereas now I it's not that I feel okay about it it still doesn't feel great to know that people perceive me in a way that I don't agree with, or that doesn't match my perception of myself, but it just has gotten to the point where I've identified that it's not worth my energy and people are going to make up their mind about me, and that's okay. It's not for me to correct. Another one is arguing with people who aren't open to my opinion, or I guess just aren't open to a conversation at all, or having a different point of view good example of this is in my comments on social media it's funny I was talking to my sister over the holidays and she was like you know sometimes looking through your comments I really don't know how you do it and personally I feel that I don't get a huge percentage of really negative comments but I do feel that on some level I get a lot of comments that are unfair or feel unfair or, you know, things that I in the past would have given a lot of energy to arguing back or defending myself or whatever it may be, I began to ask myself the question, you know, is this a worthwhile investment, excuse me, of my energy? What impact is this having? Am I, is this adding value to my life or to that person's life? And what I found a lot of the time is that the people that I was choosing to engage with weren't even open to a conversation to begin with. A good example of this, which in the past I would have ruminated on, I would have gotten really annoyed about, I would have just continued to argue with, is I posted a video recently about how Jamie and I regularly will share separate, or excuse me, will not share the same bed. We have separate bedrooms and we'll sleep separately. And you can watch that video if you want to know why, but essentially someone commented and said, I'm sorry, but this doesn't sound like love. I think that's weird. My first reaction was to want to argue with this person because something about me is I actually can be not confrontational, but I don't mind getting into like a conversation where we have different opinions, but not if that person is completely closed off. So I did start to engage. I just kind of said, everyone, everyone's relationship is different and that's okay. And, you know, thinking that maybe that would open up something different. And they just said, I'm sorry, but it still doesn't sound like love. And to that, I just said, okay, well, like I respect, I don't think I, res- I said, I respect your opinion. I think I might've just left it or said something very neutral. And there is that part of me, that argumentative part of me that wants to prove myself And defend myself and say that I'm right and you know whatever but in these situations I really have to ask myself and again this type of thing comes up a lot for me on social media so I'm very regularly having to kind of self-audit and just ask myself what impact would investing my energy in this way have and is there a better place I could invest my energy. Another energy drainer trying to prove myself to others or something that kind of goes hand in hand with this is trying to justify the life choices that I've made. I feel like when I first was on kind of the path to do something different, leave my job, take a different path, I experienced a lot of like kind of difficult conversations during that time. I feel like It's not that it felt like people were questioning why I made that decision, but I think I was questioning that in myself. And so I was hypersensitive to any pushback or questioning at all about the decisions that I've made. And I felt that I spent a lot of my energy trying to prove myself, trying to justify myself. And ultimately, I've said this before, I think I began to reflect on how that was just me wanting to justify the choice I made to myself. And so I began to just recognize that it may be temporarily uncomfortable when I felt that someone didn't understand my choice, but that I had to be okay with that because what I really had to focus on was feeling good about the choice within myself and just moving forward. And so I just started to gradually withdraw my energy from engaging in a conversation where someone or it felt like someone was kind of questioning my life path or my life decisions. And again, on social media, I kind of get this type of question a lot is I've identified that career goals and being career driven isn't really at the forefront of my priorities. It's more so having a career that is very reflective of my lifestyle and building out my lifestyle of freedom and ease. And of course, financial success is part of that, but it's not an all-encompassing goal in and of itself. And sometimes when I talk about that on social media, I get pushback, people questioning that. And I really don't want to continue to invest my energy in trying to justify that, trying to defend that, or try to make someone see it the way I see it. I think part of this process, especially when it comes to interacting with other people, is allowing different perceptions, different opinions, and different positions on certain topics to exist without feeling like we need to correct other people's or to argue our own. Sometimes We're just going to have to accept, this is at least from my perspective, that there are going to be just different ideas of what's right, what's the right way to live, what the right way to have a career is going to be. And also equally as important is me not trying to put someone else down for those choices, not trying to put someone else down for choosing to have a more traditional type of career or whatever it may be. So just as much as it's important for me to not try to prove myself to others or justify the life choices that I've made. It's important for me to also not judge the life choices that other people have made. So something that I was hesitant to put on this list actually, interestingly enough, because it came up, as I said, a lot in the Instagram sticker responses is scrolling. And the reason that I'm hesitant to put it on this list is because For me, it's not the act of scrolling. It's not the act of doing something like being on social media or even watching TV that I think is inherently bad, especially if we feel somewhat in control of it. For me, it's when I'm in a place in my life where my habit of, let's say, scrolling or watching TV or numbing in some way is consuming other parts of my life stopping me from doing other things, making me feel bad about myself. So when I identify that this activity that I'm doing is sucking my energy away from some other area of my life, or it's taking away from some area of my life, I'm not in a place right now with social media where I feel that. And so I'm at a good place with it, but I am aware of the fact that I could get to that place. And I think that's why we have to be careful when we villainize things like video games, watching TV, scrolling, etc. Because at least for me, it's good to have outlets and not every single waking minute has to be productive and look a certain way. I think that is just another form of control, at least for me. And I recognize that just like anything, these things can start to have a impact on our lives and we need to be aware of that. But also we need to be aware of the impact of trying to control every single way that we spend our energy has and we need to allow ourselves to have moments of just doing nothing and doing things that feel enjoyable in the moment and being aware of when that's control or excuse me consuming us and again this isn't coming from a shame-based place it can simply be me saying hey this doesn't feel good and I don't want to do it anymore or I don't want to do it as much as I used to. I definitely, definitely have gotten to that point with social media. And if you are following my YouTube, you'll know that there was a time that I tried to completely swear it off for the mornings until 10 a.m. And that was actually really helpful because it gave me a chance to kind of unplug a bit, especially in the morning. And that was important to me. And I've noticed since doing that, I've had a better relationship with it. Something that really helps me when I notice myself being sucked into one of these patterns, one of these energy drainers, giving away too much of my energy to them, it's really simple. I just like to have a brief moment of catching myself going into that kind of cycle and just repeating to myself, my energy is not required here. Okay, now I want to share some of your responses to the Instagram question I put out, which was basically, what do you spend your energy on that you wish you didn't? So I got a ton of responses here. Some of them are the same. So I'll just kind of lump some of them together. A lot of people, a lot of people said like TikTok, scrolling, my phone, social media, etc. Somebody said, worry about the future and things I can't control. Dwelling on uncertainty of the future or past mistakes. Money stress. Approval from others. Overthinking or replaying situations that I can't change. Yes, absolutely. That rumination and that replaying energy, again, especially when we can't change it. I think that's a really hard thing to begin to withdraw from, but so important. Pleasing my parents, trying to make all people around like me, kind of like that correcting other people's perception of me and trying to get everyone to see myself in a certain way, almost trying to control other people's kind of image that they hold of me and that can be exhausting that can be draining because the reality is is we can't control that and even if we try they're still going to perceive us in a certain way another one that says again replaying crappy situations of the day in my head moments of awkwardness or failure yeah that's really interesting now that you say this i notice i do this after social situations where if i said something kind of like awkward or that i wish i didn't say i'll replay it over and over and over again Another person said, what I think other people think of me, conversations with people I don't share the same values slash opinions with and betraying my values as a result. Yeah, that's really interesting. I noticed this in myself recently that I almost have like this alter alternate personality. I mean, I'm sure I have many, but one that comes up when I'm around a certain type of person where I feel really far from myself and that really doesn't feel good and then another energy drainer excuse me is then feeling badly about that after because I felt like I abandoned myself another person said a job I'm not passionate about people I no longer want in my life but too afraid to cut them off completely another person said quote friends that aren't actually such good friends another similar one people that didn't deserve it Another one, waiting for people to put exactly the same energy as me or more in our relationships. A lot of responses about comparison, self doubt, again, worried about other people thinking about me, friends that aren't aligned, rumination and social pressures, work related things, including like thinking about work after work or anything related to that, worrying. So it's a lot of kind of similar things that I think we're all experiencing. And again, I just want to reiterate that this exercise is not to shame yourself for those things that you're investing energy into, but hopefully you found something useful in this episode to help you to begin to Withdraw that, even if it's just a little bit, and over time start to notice the impact that that can have on your reality and the energy that will become freed up to invest in something that is really valuable to you and is really important to you. So that is the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in next week's episode.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.